The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we have returning to us from the REACH Institute, Dr. Peter Jensen, who's taking mental health to the youngsters who need it so much. Peter, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you, Hecky. It's a pleasure to be here. We have a parent who knows his kid is different and needs help. What do I do? I'm not a parent. What do I do? Because my doctor says, oh, don't worry about it. I'll grow out of it. Because the doctor, as you know, doesn't, isn't trained. Not his fault, by the way, but he's had zero training. That's true. And the parents don't know that. They think the doctor's God. And if he says, don't worry about it, that's what I should do. So now, I, that's why I think organizations like yours are so critical. We have to reach out and educate. And sometimes parents have to learn, educate them beyond what their doctors know. They have to go. Now, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy task. Well, let me excuse, let me rudely interrupt to say this. What you just said has gotten so much easier when I do it through the advent of Google. Hey, you have Google now. When I went to med school, you used to have to go up to the library and take out books. You can know as much as your doctor now about your kids XYZ. That's so true. But the challenge, I think, with Google, uh, you can go and type in a word like autism or ADHD or Alzheimer's, and you are going to get 250,000 hits. And you, uh, so 250,000 links you can go to. And some of those are snake oil. How do you discriminate between? And I think in many cases, the snake oil might be more common than the solid science. Well, then you use the Dr. Peter Jansen strategy. You go with the known organization. Yes. You go with organizations like yours that have solid scientific information. Many have scientific advisory boards. I wrote a a book a number of years ago called Making the System Work for Your Child with ADHD. And in it was a whole chapter how do you use Google smartly so you don't go down rabbit holes? How do you evaluate the quality of information? What does it mean to find one person who says this? What does that mean with no other scientific backing or major organization behind it? And so that's a skill. And what, and my, parents- daughter, what my daughter taught me as she was going for her master's before her PhD was Dad, you never heard of Google Scholar, which I had never heard of, which was much very different from Google. And I was shocked when I went on there. I was shocked. <laughs> you can't you can't do what I do with regular Google, which is I jump around to a bunch of different websites and you know my ADHD kicks in and I get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But some scholarly articles are there anyway, which is a little bit of a plus. No, it's a, it's a great advantage. So Google Scholar is a great place to begin educating yourself. 
And it's important for us always to remember, scientists fight things out for years. It's, it's this way, no, it's this way, until finally, after maybe 10 years of fighting, some definitive study comes out and says, uh, no, actually, here's the whole story. And actually, that's what I did at NIH. We wanted to always have definitive studies that would guide the behavior of a primary care provider and a parent or a, an adult. What's the best treatment? This therapy, this medicine, or maybe the combination. And so when you get you know, 400 people involved in a study like that with many scientists, then all of a sudden you have a chance for a definitive finding that at the end of the day, everybody has to agree with, even though there's always a few fruitcakes out there who won't agree with anything. Let me change topics now to something like all mental health issues has gone through the roof during these COVID times, especially in female teens and especially in teens in general, which is suicide. So it's a huge issue. It's actually, it's one we didn't see coming. So just to acquaint your listeners with kind of what you're referring to, we know that teenage females' risk for suicide attempts coming to ERs has more than doubled, okay, across the country. For boys, it's increased, but not quite doubled. Um, we are seeing 20, 30, 40% increases in child mental health problems uh, in and where people are looking at it. And I have to tell you, I I was there at 9-11. It was in the city. And for 9-11, it was a single one-time event. And except for the kids who lost their parents uh, or had actually seen, you know, there at the site and saw something, the effects were real across kids in general. But it was like this kind of an effect. It was somewhat more anxiety, somewhat more depression, somewhat more behavior problems. But it was a one-time event. Now, for the kids who actually experienced loss of a dad, it was like this, or a loss of a parent. Um, and so we didn't see how this huge disorder, I didn't see personally, Actually, I was asked about this early on. I thought, well, let's wait and see. And I told them that our New York experience. But this is very different. This has changed their lives dramatically. Their schooling, their peer contacts, isolation at home, totally different. And so we are seeing, and now as kids are trying to go back to school, some kids are having anxiety who never had anxiety before or increased behavior problems or depression. And so this is a whole new kettle of fish for all of us. And so what I can best say, we are working our way through. And do we know exactly how to respond to this? Well, the kid comes in with anxiety now, we would probably turn to our normal ways of addressing anxiety. We'd reassure the parents, educate the parent, educate the kid, try a few things, maybe some brief therapy, Maybe if we had to try medicine, but those are things we learned for all of the other garden variety things. Will this be different? Will the same methods be, be helpful? We don't know at this point. How aware is the school system when it comes to mental health? 
the problem is you've seen one school system, you've seen one school system. And there's such variability across the country. And it's dictated partly by the school board's policies and then the local superintendent. And then principals have their own pensions. Uh, but even the principal can't necessarily always see what's going on in the classroom. So uh, all of the same problems in the general public stigma exist in the school system. Now, sometimes a school teacher after 20, 30 years, or even three or four years may learn a lot about neurodiverse brains. Well, this kid can do this and this kid can do that. But think about how that is taken up. One school teacher said, not my job, three hours, you know, uh, I just have to do this curriculum and no, I'm not adapting for anyone. Another teacher might say, I just love these little ones. And, oh, I'm getting inside this little guy's heart. And that gives me such pleasure because I know how to reach him, even though they didn't reach him in the previous grades. And so even this, so think of neurodiversity also in teacher's brains, unfortunately. Uh, now, do they get good training? I've always thought if we could train every school teacher in optimal classroom management, like how not to be a yeller, how to use positive consequences and reinforcement, um, uh, how to capture the heart of each kid, how to rein in the kid who's a little kind of out there disrupting her curriculum. That is a huge skill. It's teachable. Um, most teacher education programs spend, give a lecture on it, and that's about it. And they're not coached on it because their teachers don't have those skills. And so this is a huge problem. If we had incredibly, uh, if we could maximize the talent in our schools, I think half of kids' behavior problems would drop. 50% would drop away, right? Oh. 50%. Because the stress of school, the stress of failing, the stress of being bullied, all of those things contribute enormously to uh, mental health, anxiety, depression, disruptive problems, et cetera. Even a simple ADHD. You could take an ADHD kid and if you were the master of your curriculum, you could take that ADHD kid and bring him up front, intrigue his interest, his humor, treat him special just when he needs to be treated special, you know, touch him on the shoulder and become his favorite teacher. Lots of kids. And that kid will work for that teacher, not for the one who's always about the three R's and scolds you. So these are skills. They're not taught. And uh, but you see variations from top flight performance to bottom to bottom. And, you know, when we were doing one of the big studies, I went around and I sat in classrooms just monitoring the teaching, not of my own kid, for kids who were in the study. And I was so sad because I realized even the standard teachers hitting a curriculum that gets the middle third, loses the, uh, the and bores the ones at the top. And I just realized, and then I saw teachers who were yellers. And I see the teachers aren't supported. They're not given this training. You know, it's not like, they were never trained. And so schools are a huge problem. And 
I, I just will say we haven't. Now, I, I will recommend someone you might get on, on your interview program is uh, PAX is an association and uh, the leader of PAX is very skilled at doing this. He's also a very good speaker. Uh, the problem is, or maybe the PAXIS Institute, yeah, P-A-X-I-S. Um, and so they're doing a really good work on the good behavior game, trying to get into multiple places across the country. Um, and so that's a very innovative program that needs to be in every school. What is the one thing you wish everyone knew about mental health in adolescence? Parents need to educate themselves. These problems are common. They can derail any teen uh, from their optimal performance. But if you educate yourself here on this site and other places, you can make all of the difference in their lives. Well, Dr. Peter Jensen of REACH, thank you for your patience and for spending the time. And uh, keep up your great work. What you're doing is terrific. Thank you so much. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.